Okay, so today, guys, I feel like today, actually, there's beef. There is some blended family beef. And I'm talking about like street beef. I'm not talking about regular blogger beef. I know I'm crazy. I know I'm crazy. I know I'm doing crazy. I know I'm crazy. I have an issue. I have an issue. There's something that has happened. So let me just give you a backstory. Uh, a year, over a year and some change ago, I interviewed a person on my private podcast. Not this one. You all know, I know I'm crazy. It's public. It's popular. We got over 200,000 downloads. I interviewed someone on my private podcast, meaning in order to access this one, you have to pay. You have to pay a fee in order to access it. And so there's a woman, she, and I, all this stuff is alleged, uh, you know, it's because I, I wasn't there when any of this stuff happened, but she claims to have a crazy, I'm not going to use that word, an off kilter and imbalanced biological mother. She's a, she's a custodial stepmom and she's had a restraining order and there's been abuse allegations and all these crazy things that have happened between, um, this family. And so I had her on the podcast to share her side of the story. She's actually done a whole bunch of podcasts. As a matter of fact, right now on the line, you all know we're good friends with Blend Credible. How come I can't talk today, Tim? <laughs> <laughs> I have my friend Tim here from Blend Credible and Tim can back me up because as I start breaking down the story of what's happened, Tim has a similar experience. And so anyway, I had this lady on the podcast, long and short of it, these people who she's adamant that stalk her and harass her, they reached out to me. They started to threaten me with legal allegations. They started to question my integrity. Now, you all know I'm not a journalist. I didn't take any sort of oath to do fact-checking, no Hippocratic oath or whatever they call it that journalists take. You know, I, I'm a podcaster, doggone it, and I'm a coach, and I'm really good at both my jobs. But I didn't take any sort of oath to... Um, do some super sleuthing. Now I did ask this person for proof, which she did provide um, before she came on the private podcast. Those of you that are members of VIP Stepmom, um, I'll just go ahead and tell you this podcast was done about January 2019, FYI. So then these people bought a membership to the private podcast, went and listened to it. How they know that I interviewed this woman, I have no freaking clue, but they must follow her on social media. But they emailed me and were like, hey, listen, you need to take this down. You're so foul. You're an awful person. Don't you know this woman? This woman is not the victim here. She's a narcissist. She's borderline. She is turning the child against us. She's harassing us. She's stalking us. But I was like, okay, so you guys know you look like stalkers right now, right? So that's one thing. So <laughs> then I get an email from one of her parents also claiming that the other side is narcissistic and they're borderline personality and their harassers and would I mind taking the podcast down now um I reached out to a friend of mine that had also interviewed this woman because she did her press rounds you know she did her press rounds that's what you do when you're trying to get your story out you go to people that have audiences that are interested in your your type of story and so I reached out to my friend Tim I was like hey Tim you interviewed this lady have you heard from anybody on her side and I kind of showed Tim some of the screenshots that I was getting from these people. I mean, these people were bashing me, y'all. They were bashing your girl. 
And you all know that Miss Nadja don't play that, okay? Like, <laughs> that's, I'm the wrong person to do that with because I do sh- – anyway. So they were taking a lot of things personal that they were – that I was saying in the podcast. They were calling me names. They were being very nasty. Um, and so, of course, I'm on the def- defense. And so I reached out to Tim. And so I was like, hey, Tim, you interviewed this person. Have you gotten any flack? And by the way, I don't, I don't feel like I have to introduce you guys to Tim because he's been – here twice already on this podcast, Tim. From, what's up, Tim? So, Tim, just jump right into it. What's what's your experience with this particular slew of people? And, guys, there's a point. We are getting to a point of giving you this backstory, by the way. So, Tim, what is kind of your – what's your deal? Yeah, well, you know, you're absolutely right. The first, I guess, response for me, um, reaction before it was a response was they had – they've got to have the wrong person. <laughs> um, that's really what I thought um, when I got the, when I was contacted first, um, because it wasn't contacted. I wasn't contacted in a way that would suggest that perhaps you may not know. And mm. it's okay because you possibly couldn't have known, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. I am here to help you understand that there is another side. That's not how that happened. Um, it Same happened pretty much the way you said, you got attacked, um, right? you need to do better. Quite obviously, um, you don't, um, vet your people. You should know better than to do that. Um, and it was now granted, I had some that were just straight up, um, that was child's play, just things that you would hear. Um, back in the day on the school ground, right? Right. That, that took me by surprise because I'm like, you know, these are adults. And then right. some... These are adults who claim they are being stalked and that the other person is crazy. Oh, yeah. But... These are adults slinging emails that uh, my way that way. And But also, what I found interesting was that you, you did receive some emails also that mm-hmm. were quite passive-aggressive right? Mm-hmm. They, they didn't want to come off that way, but they came off that way and they knew exactly what they were doing. Now, to your point, I agree. Um, I was not there. I don't know. And really, quite frankly, I don't care to know. That's just not my place. But yeah, when they reached out to me, it was the same. And at first, I thought it was a mistake, honestly. But mm-hmm. then the more I started reading and the more I started You're like, you um, can't be talking it. to me. Yeah, that's how I was. This, this, you have to have the wrong person because really, I didn't even know what episode they were talking about. Right. So how I many have, episodes right now are there of the Blim Credible podcast? Um, we're like, uh, probably 36 or so, right around there. And this is now, now granted, this is only my second season. Yeah. So um, I had to go back because most of the stuff that I do, um, we don't even get down that way, the way that they're saying. So right. um, that's a whole nother show. I don't know where that is. It's not here. But you're absolutely right. It caught me by surprise. My reaction was then, okay, now wait. I'm okay if you want to share a message with me. But when you start trying to tell me how to do my own show and what I should and shouldn't do, now we have a whole different situation. We do. So um, yeah. I had to stop, though, now to tell you the truth, because what I did understand right from the beginning was unfortunately that from the outside looking in, um, both parties had some things that needed to be worked out. And that's how mm-hmm. I chose to mm-hmm. deal with the situation instead of going back to 
the west side of Chicago, Potomac and Laramie and dealing with it that way. <laughs> Dude, cause I was like, do you, do you women not know the type of person that you're dealing with? Yes, I'm a coach. Uh, yes, Tim sounds like this, but I, guys, I can't speak for Tim. I can speak for myself when I say it's thug life over here, baby. And I'm affiliated with a with a law firm. So it's like, I will wrap that ass up in paperwork so fast because I don't take threats idly. People that are leaving, like, for example, Tim had some people, I guess, in that gang of women who were claiming that they, claiming that they were being stopped to go and leave comments on his iTunes. Now, of oh, course, yeah. guys, by the way, any sorts of stupid comments, uh, reviews that you leave, that stuff can be deleted. All we got to do is tell iTunes that you're harassing people and they're going to delete your iTunes account. Like, that's what happens. So does it create extra work for us? Yeah, mm-hmm. it does. It does. But it's like, it's, it's, is it really worth it? The same thing happened to me, though, Tim. Um, you need to vet your people. And clearly, you're like, when you come at a person and automatically put them on the defense, you attack their integrity, you attack their work. Clearly, we spend a lot of time doing these podcasts. But when you attack a person, you're not going to get an open invitation. Because let me tell you something, Tim. Have, and Because I'm, I'm very middle of the road on, on I Know I'm Crazy podcast. And just like you are on Blaine Credible, like, I'm not team bio mom, stepmom, uh, stepmom, stepdad, uh, bio dad. I'm not team anybody. I'm team family. Mm-hmm. I'm team resolving conflict. So had they approached me in the proper way, hey, Naja, so we noticed. We, oh, let me tell you guys, these people, I, I think I said this already because I'm so taken aback by this, like the gall of them. They bought a membership. They mm-hmm. paid the monthly fee, got behind the paywall, and then spread it, the private podcast. They shared it publicly on Facebook. Wow. And so that's a direct violation of my privacy policy, which I'm like, hey, once you agreed and signed up for a VIP stepmom account, sweetheart, you agreed to all the legal ramifications. So do you want to pay me? Like, how do you want to do this? Like, do we want to go the legal way? And so apparently one of the people that I was communicating with, the one that started out attacking me, um, I kind of like my assistant, you know, knows like my assistant was the initial person that was communicating with her when she saw that she couldn't handle it. She sent it over to me and I was like, okay, let's talk. Cause I'm a believer. Let's have a conversation. And so there was this one young lady, I guess the one that had sent these passionate messages. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Hey, my name is Naja. I see that we've, we, we got some real, um, you know, this communication is going to go the legal route. So before we have to waste our time and spend our money litigating, would you like to have a conversation? Give me a call. And I, I called her fight twice and I never do this guys. I, I rarely do this, but I was just like, these people seem very touched and they have a mission of destruction and they're so blind with destruction that they don't care who they try to steamroll. And I just didn't have the time or the bandwidth to try to fight these people back. Do I have the resources? Absolutely. I absolutely have the resources to shut it all down, to have them served, to get their pages taken off. Absolutely, I have that. But did I want to do that because two women are beefing? Nah. Because it ain't my fight. It's not my fight. Just like it wasn't Tim's fight. It's not our fight. But Tim, I was talking to Tim about this, peeps. And Tim was like, you know, Naja, I do wonder. He was like, you know, both of these women have a story to tell. Clearly, they're both hurt. We've only heard one side of the story. And yes, I would have been open had they said, hey, can we just share our side? I would have been like, well, you know what? Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. I would have done that and I would have packaged it so all of you could have heard 
both women's side of the story. I would have absolutely done that. But then they started taking, uh, threatening me to take down a podcast on a private platform. I was just like, <laughs> that's the thing that gets me. I didn't know that it was a yeah. private platform. It's on VIP stepmom.com. Tim, you got to pay. That's a subscription website. Yeah. So I they didn't know that. Membership. Wow. Yes. And then I told him, I was like, Hey, you guys are sharing it publicly, but you know what? The lady, the one of the, uh, accused friends that was reaching out to me. Cause apparently she has a lot of people that, you know, really care about her and her story. She turned out to be, um, quite reasonable. And under, and I even told her on a Facebook DM, I was like, under different circumstances, I was like, cause I looked at her page. I was like, under different circumstances, you and I probably could have been cool in this life. I hate that we met this way. And she was apologetic. And she was like, listen, I'm going to remove the link that I shared. Um, you know, you might get a cease and desist or a takedown order from the attorney. Um, but you know, Hey, and she was like, she's just really hurt. And I'm so sorry about what she said about you, but she was talking about her friend. Um, you know, like the, the person that says that she's being stalked by the person that I interviewed that also claims to be stalked. And that was confusing. <laughs> so it, it turned out to be quite reasonable. And I, then I got another email. Um, I sent it out to my assistant. I didn't even read it all uh, from one of the parents. I don't know if it was a mom or the dad. Like, you know, like, a, hey, would you mind taking this down? And they, I think it was like a five or six page email. And I, like, we don't have the type of time and energy. But in all this, so I'm, I'm talking to Tim about this, guys. And Tim made a very valid point. And he was like, you know, Naja, where's the man in all of this? Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my God, Tim, that's going to be our next, that's going to be, that's going to be our next podcast together. We're in the hell, Tim. And not even just in this situation where you have two women who have literally waged a war against one another. Yeah. Yeah. It's real too. <laughs> for the people listening yeah Naja's not exaggerating and really probably um is underplaying it um these two people are serious and they are spending money and resources and time and and to the point to where i think that their perception of involvement to a degree is even blurred because for one it would seem that it doesn't matter who is involved or what entity is involved. That particular story is going to be told the same way. And even after all that has gone down, it would seem as though perhaps some of those parts would be changed maybe mm. or altered, but I don't think so. And then um, party B is doing the same thing with a whole nother platform. And again, I don't know. Naja doesn't know. We weren't there. The only thing we do know is what we see and what they've shown us. And mm. that is the issue that we both have. Mm. We don't know their personal stories. Um, we don't know what happened. We don't. But what we do know is what they've shown us. And it really wasn't nice. It wasn't the highest plausible way um, to communicate. And I think that's what that is what threw us for a loop. <laughs> it definitely threw me for a loop. Now, here's something interesting also. I extended an invitation to party. Oh, B. I did. You did. I did. Hey, listen, oh. um, my show, we don't do that. But I tell you what, because you are a part of a blended family, you may not be in one directly but you are part of one by way 
of association. So yeah. being that and being that I understand how it is, um, especially coming from a different place for me of having people tell one side of a story. That's yes. really, um, it could have some untruth in it. Or here's the, here's the kicker. Even if they are telling the truth, the mm -hmm. tone and the spirit of that truth blur the actual picture. Mm. So I said, listen, I want you to come on the show, right? Um, sent the invitation. Um, I said, but here's the thing. We're not name dropping. Yeah. We're not doing that. Um, yeah. So this is not, this is not that show. So um, nothing, heard nothing back, nothing like that. And so I just let it go. And ultimately, at the end, um, I think you and I um, DM'd about this too. At the end, we had a similar situation, a similar resolve. Once the emotions calmed down and people found out that what you are and this person really isn't that way. And really, it's not so much that they discovered you weren't really that way. I think they took a step back and looked at themselves, I would hope, and say, you know what, this is crazy. Um, mm. What am I doing? You know, she has mm. a point. So I'll just take the link down. You know, why don't we do this? You know, I apologize. And that's good. That's what we want. But the fact that it had to get that way around about instead of starting off that way is the issue I had. And I know that's the issue you had um, as well as possibly some other people. Right, right. Um, major, uh, you made so many valid points there. And you know what, Tim, I think because you and I are the people that we are and in our own lives, in our own families, we've dealt with high emotion. We've dealt with people that are not leading with love. Mm -hmm. We've dealt with people because I know the, I, I hate me being misunderstood. And so I had to put my woman in that my, myself in that woman's shoes. I was like, dang. If I heard somebody just telling all these, let's just say it was complete untruths that the mm -hmm. person that we interviewed was telling. If I heard somebody doing that and they were just going to every platform doing it, I'd be freaking, I'd be bothered. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know if I would threaten the people that were giving in the platform because, you know, as we say in the South, you get more, you get more flies with sugar than shit. Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't threaten people per se, but I would have been bothered as well. And that's when tone policing comes to play. You know, we don't get to, we don't get to determine how a person should show us their emotion when they feel that we have wronged them. Now, I didn't even know, like, I had to go back and look when the people, you know, cause guys, I interview a whole bunch of people. I probably literally between clients and speaking and doing podcast interviews, I probably talk to 50 different people every week, new people, 50 different new people every single week. And so it didn't even, you know, to me, in my mind, from my perspective, I'm like, well, it was just a year old content, you know, like people don't even really go back and listen to episodes from a, a year past, but these people were hurt about that. And they're hurt in an intern. They did try to insult and minimize and antagonize other people. Now, what I did not know, Tim, and you had this knowledge on before I did, this person that we interviewed, um, I've only seen her side, you know, I only followed her on, on social media. And her story sounded really believable. It sounded quite freaking believable to me. <laughs> um, but you know, it, I, I mean, I, I don't know, like it sounded believable. And I, I won't have the opportunity to hear the other person's side because I did actually ask, even though I saw the insulting things that the woman was personally saying about me, 
I still asked to speak to her. And her words were, have you not abused me enough? Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I said, wait a minute. Now, I'm not going to diagnose you, homegirl. But I, I say, right now, you're kind of making making it look like the, making the woman that, it, that I interviewed, you're kind of making her look like Mother Teresa. And, uh, you know, like, but Tim, going back to the point, the man in all of this, because these two women have literally built platforms. One of them has like 5,000 likes on her Facebook page and uh, something about her being a victim and it has her name. And I don't remember what the name was. And the other one um, has done countless interviews and also has pages. She started a new platform. They both claim that they're being stalked. They both claim that they're being harassed. I mean, they both claim the same thing on any of this though. I, I don't see like words from the fella. I don't see mm-hmm. words from the man in the middle. Yeah. And, you know, Tim, I didn't think about that until you brought that up. Mm-hmm. Where, what's your take on that, though? Yeah, I after I spoke with Party B, right? Um, Party B, not Cardi B. <laughs> That's another show. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> after I spoke with Party B, yeah. um, because my my approach is... Now, a few years ago, it wouldn't have been this way. I'm just telling mm-hmm. you. But now, my approach is always from a psychological view. Mm-hmm. Because when you understand that if you line five people up and you get these statistics, like five adults between the ages of 35 and 50, four of those five adults have at least three major psychological or mental issues that mm. they dealt with or not now right so and and then the fifth one doesn't have three but one or two so when you realize that you understand and especially that the way that these two are going at it um it just says so much but my thing was I wasn't angry with party B I wasn't angry with party A now I was disturbed and frustrated because to me, both of these individuals have so much potential and their energy is being used in the wrong way. That's right. just my opinion. Yeah. So and It's always like that, you know? Mm-hmm. And I thought to myself, wait a minute. Um, there are some similarities between the two. They may not ever admit it, but they, are, they have more in common than they do not. That's scary, right? Because that's yes, a, they do. That's a fact for a lot of us that have these perceived enemies. You know, you're like, damn. In another life, we could have been friends. Because mm-hmm. you know, like, because if I, I wish that there, you would have had an opportunity to. I know it would never happen to sit them both down and be like, okay, let's kind of revisit why we're fighting. Are our reasons still the same, or are we being aimless here? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and because it, I'm gonna tell you right now, nobody's going to win. And that's one of the things I told nope. both of them. There are no winners here. None. Oh, no. Not the um, kid? Nope. No winners. And, then, and as a matter of fact, um, y- the only casualty is the kid. That's it. Yeah. Um, so my point was when I thought about this and I started feeling bad, I thought, man, you know, after I got over the frustration of the fact that these two people have so much potential. They obviously have gifts because they have people that follow them, right? They've got a charisma. They've got Mm -hmm. a a very persuasive persona, both of them in their own right. Oh my God. They've been able to garner people toward their side. mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm, you know, 
I do say like it's a little bit of victimization from one of them that I saw. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one did appear like I'm a victim and the other kind of appeared, hey, I'm victorious and I'm not going to let this beat me. But either way, they still have garnered an audience. Mm-hmm. Sure has. When I see audience, I see coins. <laughs> I see coins, yeah. Tim. I was like, damn, all, all this money to be made and you guys mm-hmm. are literally attacking each other, biting one another's heads and fingers and toes off. Does your partner share kids with a loony? Are your stepkids driving you up a wall? Is your partner failing miserably at setting boundaries? Well, VIP Stepmom is where you need to be. We're an exclusive private community just for stepmoms, and we'd love for you to join our tribe. Each month, our members enjoy private conversations, podcasts, expert workshops, a subscription to Stepmom Magazine, and monthly live Zoom meetings. If you're ready to join a diverse community that is committed to making sure you live your best life, visit VIP Stepmom today. We'll save a seat for you. VIP, VIP, stepmoms, that's you and me. Yeah. And by the way, what's your kid that probably loves both of these women? I'm like, what is he going to tell his therapist about his childhood? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's real. And I thought about not only um, you want to surround yourself with people who are going to pull the best out of you. You do. Right. But if you got all those people. And, and none of them, to my knowledge, are telling you to sit the hell down mm. and use your energy in a way that will promote your life in a better direction. You will not ever, never, ever, ever in this life or the next change that other person. That's not mm. going to happen. So, yeah. Why not use it that way? But my thing was, then I started getting pissed. I thought, wait a minute. There's a commonality here. And it's the guy. So here's what my thought process was now. I don't know him. And I don't understand a lot of things because I don't have privy to that information. But what I do know is what I see. Mm -hmm. And he's not the only one. There are a lot of us that if we're not careful, we attract our pattern. Mm. So it's not anything new, but if you dive into it a little bit deeper, you start talking about intergenerational trauma, right? Mm -hmm. You start talking about codependency. You start talking about enmeshment. You start talking about traumatic bonding. You start talking about parentified children and and all those things. So Mm. I thought to myself, wait a minute, um, let's dig into this a little bit deeper. And when you DM me, I thought to myself, you know, Naja, these two individuals, okay, we know where they are. We know what they're about. But there's a missing identifying factor here and a commonality to complete this triangle. And this is the man. What type of psychological needs or familiarities does this person have that would cause him to gravitate towards or actually attract the type of people who are not only codependent or perhaps have some traumatic bonding issues. And when I say issues, I use that term lightly. I mean things that have not been resolved. Right. Um, A lot of times we see this with domestic violence, right? Um, Mm -hmm. Traumatic bonding. Yes. But it doesn't have to be that way. It could also be 
someone who is not healed of that, their own self. So I went back to this guy's childhood. Okay. Okay. Right. So if he's experienced traumatic bonding as a child and has not resolved that, what do you think he's going to gravitate to as an adult? Mm-hmm. Traumatic mm-hmm. bonding. He's going to gravitate towards some sort of roadway to give him an, a codependent partner. But here's the kick. None of these ladies strike me as codependent. Um, right. but, however, there is obviously a um, something, an effect of trauma, right? And we know, based off of what Party B has said, we know that person's trauma. We know mm-hmm. what happened. Now, Party A has a different type, in my opinion, of dependency. Mm-hmm. Because when you listen to Party A's argument, you Wait, which see one is Party A? Party A is our podcast guest. Oh, okay, okay. So when you listen okay. to her argument and you see how strong and how hard she's going in the paint to get this yes. story out, right? Uh-huh. Um, you have to take a step back and see there's something else here. Yeah. There's a difference between wanting to get a story out based on a product or a cause versus getting a story out based on getting your side of something out you feel very strongly about with the intent of making it something you can stand on and build on. And that is what she's doing. Right. So that opens up a whole nother um, emotional side of things for me. So my point really in saying that was, look, we got a, we got a third party here. And while that third party is not responsible to be clear <laughs> for party A or party B's mm-hmm. um, actions, he is not. However, the only thing those two have in common is him. Yep. The only reason they know each other. The mm-hmm. only reason they are connected in any sort of way. The reason why these women probably won't ever be able to sit in the same room. I mean, there's a restraining order, so they can't. Apparently, allegedly. Allegedly. Mm-hmm. All of this stuff, I think we're going to have to say alleged, guys. I know, a lot of times. And <laughs> mm-hmm. mm-hmm. If I get a takedown order for this podcast and I haven't even said anyone's name, then it's like, y'all got to get some help. You yeah. all got to get some serious help. You have to sit down and look at yourself. Because, you know, I, you kind of stepped on my toes, though, Tim. I'm going to say this a little. Because when you were talking, I was like, I, I'm one of the women that had conflict with the other woman. I'm one of the women that, you know, has had to question, what did you see in this person? And then let me come, like, do, are we similar? Am I like that? But I've been able to, you know, it, it, it kind of is striking. I kind of felt something when you said that, because whether we want to admit it or not, ladies, this fella saw something in that person and now he sees something in you and vice versa, whether you're the biological mother or you're the stepmother. And that attacks our ego because we don't, those of us that have um, high conflict situations, we don't ever want to think that we are similar to that bitch Mm -hmm. we want to think that we are better than her right but the thing that now will always bond you is you chose the same man or the same man chose you 
mm-hmm. some point in your life. So clearly, I mean, we all have a type, right, Tim? That is correct. We all, have, I don't care if, if your first wife was a five foot two um, Mexican woman and your, your, your next wife is a six foot five WNBA player. You know, these women still have something that attracted you to them. And it's an ego blow to think that you have something in common with the person that you think is just absolutely vile. So you have to look into yourself. Mm-hmm. But let's get back on the man here. Is, is, is a man, not this particular man here, but is a guy wrong for letting a woman go as far as building platforms and striking out against the other person? Like, should he have some sort of control over his new wife? Yeah, I think for number one, to answer the first part of your question, um, it's not wrong for a man to let his wife do that because really <laughs> in the grand scheme of things, he can't let his wife do anything. Okay, she does what okay. she wants. Yeah, so yeah. now I understand what you're saying though, for the cause of the question, what a guy has to do myself, any man. Now look, we're getting ready to get into some things now here that if you uh-huh. are a single mom, really you might want to get a pen and paper out. Okay, okay, it, okay. Any, any man who has a trophy syndrome, right? A prize syndrome. What does that mean? It means that he wants to be the prize. He, he gets off on being the prize. Ooh. He has not had the um, self um, what is the word I'm looking for? He's not had the self-actualization. Okay. He's not had the self-actualization to understand that he is all he is regardless of. And then he falls into the trophy or the prize syndrome. We've seen this before a lot of times. Um, yeah. and, and, and you see these guys out here and they got mm-hmm. two women fighting and these women don't want to fight. But this guy has perpetuated this scene and then he sits back and just says, you know, y'all just crazy, man, they crazy. Uh, that's my girl. Yeah. That's my boo. That's my boo. And she go off. But, but, but you know, there is he no but. sit there like a king on the throne. For sure. And you're they, the prize, like, right? Yeah. So, and they're like court jesters just fighting. Mm-hmm. And not only that, it could be something a lot more astute than that. It could be financial. It could be um, uh, intellectual that this guy is here. Um, from the outside looking in, he's got his stuff together, but he still has an addiction to wanting to be affiliated, or should I say, um, what is the word I'm looking for? He wants to be justified. Nope. It's a little bit deeper than justification. He affirmed. That's what I'm looking for. Mm. He wants to be affirmed over and over and over and over. And when you affirm him one way, he creates a circumstance that will require you to affirm him again. And if that situation is one that is perpetual, then he just disappears out of the picture. Not so much out of your life, but out of the picture, like we see here. Mm-hmm. Um, and now here, here's the other thing. There could be conversations in the living room that say, you know, why are you doing this? You need to chill, you know, relax. Right. 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 We don't know. However, nobody can ultimately control you. Correct. However, I doubt it. Because had that been the case, we would have heard that in the midst of everything else we've heard. Yeah. So, yeah, you've got to watch out for um, 
men that are, and when I say men, let me just tell on myself. You know, um, <laughs> somebody gave me a compliment the other day. Not no, what it was today actually. Mm-hmm. And I just let them know. Listen, man, I had to grow into this. Mm. I didn't wake up one morning and all of these things just uh, filled my being and I started walking this way. I had to grow into this, but the catalyst is I had to be willing to grow into it. So if they haven't grown into it, then what you have on your hands is someone who is addicted to affirmation and they need that not from a man. That's the crazy part, right? They want it from a woman. And, and a lot of times you can trace this back to, again, we said at the beginning of the show, intergenerational trauma. You can trace that back to childhood. What was his relationship like with his mom? Didn't have to be bad. Don't get me wrong. Because now all of a sudden everybody's seeing pictures of, of stuff thrown all over the place and she wasn't there. No, it could be a mom who was there every single day, a mom who provided, but a mom who did not give adequate attention and or psychological health relationships to her son. Mm. Could, be, could be a number of reasons. You look like your dad. Yeah. He ain't here. Yep. You act like your daddy and he ain't here. Mm-hmm. You know, or I need a provider. The provider's not here and you need to go to work. What do we call that? That's when you talk about parentified children, right? You right. raise your children up uh, well before it's their time and you start putting responsibilities on. You start talking to them about the other spouse to get feedback from a child <laughs> and they don't have the bandwidth to process that right now. Oh, so, dangerous. Yeah, mm. That's right. That's correct. So now you've got a child that's parentified. He grows up and is seeking what he should have gotten as a child at home. Now he wants to be validated and affirmed. And where is he getting validated at? From you. his relationship. That is correct. And they all look the same to your point. They could be different physically as the North is from the South, right? But yeah. the intertwining thread is the fact that you both go so hard to debunk and to be seen as the person that is right in a relationship that the only common denominator really is me. Yeah. Is it all his fault? No, we know that. But the fact of it is, we just got to say it. (laughs) There's a common denominator that's missing. Um, Mm -hmm. And and it's him. So we say that a lot with ladies too, right? So why not men? Girl, yeah. you know, he just wasn't the one. And man, we I thought we had something good. And he left and he get on my nerves. The only common denominator in this whole thing is you, boo-boo. It's you. Right. It's, right. it's literally that's it. But flip the script. And now, you know, um, she's crazy. Man, my first wife was crazy. Mm-hmm. Man, my second wife is crazy. Okay. And it's like, wait a minute. So you're leaving a trail of crazy people. What have, and that's why I always ask, you know, I, I encourage every woman, you know, if a guy says, because most guys, I'm sorry, fellas, those of you that are listening, you all kind of do say your baby mama or your first wife is crazy. Mm-hmm. Oh, she's bipolar. You're crazy. Like a lot of you guys will do that. And my question has always been, well, what did you do to perpetuate that or just make her that way? Because oh, you ain't sure. innocent. And there was for something sure. in you that was attracted to her enough to at least make her a mother or mm-hmm. a wife. So you Correct. have some responsibility and Correct. who and how she is now, especially if she's still stuck in that place. Mm-hmm. We are architects. Yeah. And you have to understand that. My thing is, 
And, you know, I have a conversation with my dad and I think I, I even talked about it in one of my episodes when he came mm. right here to live with us. Um, that's a whole other issue. But mm. I had a conversation with him, you know, about because him and my mom, they went through some hellacious times oh. um, from oh, mental Lord. abuse. Yes. To physical abuse um, oh. and things like that. And I had to witness that as a young boy and growing up. And that is not something And, and some of the families are wondering, why are you talking about that? Because it needs to be talked about, you know, that, you know, you're shaming, you know, you're shaming, you know, that, that's shaming your dad a bit. No, he shamed himself. Right. So, and what you're doing right now is exactly what people have dealt with for so long. And because they cannot verbalize their issues, it becomes an internal war. And then you call them crazy because you won't let them vent. That's a whole mm. other show either. So now- We got about five, new, a whole other show. <laughs> so <laughs> now man. you've got these guys here. And my question to anybody who tells me that, and I don't even hesitate now, is, well, you built her. You created that that you see right now. Mm. Am I saying you're responsible for everything that was there before? No, but what I am saying emphatically and undoubtedly unwaveringly is that you created what you have period point blank you created what you have now my wife is here and she was just fine before i met her she had her own life she had her children on point um she had her own goals and visions she had her own makeup now five years later the person that i met who was smiling, who had visions and goals, who was sure about herself. I didn't say perfect. I said she was sure about herself. She looked good. Five years down the road, if that has changed, it's because that is what I built. Are you saying she is anything because of you? I'm not saying that. What I am saying is a woman that allows a man into her life is allowing that man into herself not even physically, just everything about her world. So Mm -hmm. he assists in the architecture of who she is. And if you come to me talking about, man, she crazy. My thing to you is what was she before you met her? What did you do to assist in the architecture, sir? That's correct. You you built something. That That is correct. Every woman that's listened to this, your man has, my man has, Tim has, like, you know, you, this is, I believe we all leave traces in one another. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, we, we definitely leave traces of ourselves and other people. I'm, I'm definitely changed. Um, I didn't leave any relationship that I entered the same, whether yeah, it was a either. great one or a bad one. You know, yeah, I you're learned. Right. You're right. You take some pieces and some lessons with you. But, you know, it sounds like, and I don't even want to harp on these two particular women um, here because there are literally millions of them, mm-hmm. multi-millions of them all over the world. So I can't even single these two out. Mm-hmm. They're just, you know, they're just, you know, they're, they're just to happen to be the two that brought us together today. But there are so many. What do you do, Tim, if you like for a woman, for example, what does she do if she wants out of the cycle, wants out of the having to reaffirm this man? Does she leave? Does she get him some help? Um, does she take him somewhere to fix his mommy or daddy issues? What is a woman supposed to do? Yeah, that is a great question because that falls into the area of of traumatic bonding, right? Here's mm. the thing. Your trauma doesn't have to be necessarily somebody going upside your head 
or some devastating event. Mm. Your trauma can be the fact that you know there's an issue with this guy and you make excuses for it. Mm. So, well, you know, we just had a bad day and, you know, we're going to be okay. We'll bounce back, right? Um, That, we're going to start there. Um, Some guys are cool. I mean, a lot of guys are cool. They're not doing anything traumatic as it will relate to what you think trauma is. But if you find yourself, A, giving up any parts of your core convictions for the sake of a guy or a person or a relationship, that would be sign number one. What is a core conviction? A core conviction is anything that you couldn't shake or change about what you desire or need in your life if you wanted to. Mm. Right? So, so um, preferences can change. You can alter, right? Um, you didn't like beets when you were a kid, but now you grow up and you understand how good they are for your body, so you eat them and you're okay. Mm-hmm. A core preference is something that is your core makeup. You are a person that demands and requires respect in this certain area. I'm your wife. I'm not something that you use when you're frustrated. So don't come to me talking about opening my legs or get on top of you and do this because you're frustrated and you need me to relieve your pressure. That's not why I'm here, right? Mm -hmm. So if that is your core conviction and you're giving that up for the sake of a marriage or relationship or a person, that's a sign that right now it's time to stop, get, and I say this, qualified support, right? Um, We want to say counseling and things like that, but sometimes those words trigger people. So get qualified support, right? And talk about what it is you feel at a certain point, A. So if you find yourself in a position to where, and you know, ladies, you know, you are a lot more intuitive than we men are all day long. (laughs) You know, okay, here we go again. I got to validate again in this area and it's unhealthy. When you get to that point, it wouldn't hurt to tell him either, right? And help him see what it is he's doing to you in a relationship. Now, how do you do that? Uh, man, that's a whole nother show. Yeah. What does a validation look like, though? Um, a validation can look like a badge of honor um, uh, in, in an actual so situation. So it's like a ride or die chick. Like, oh, if I suffer with him, then I'll get, he'll say I'm loyal and I'll feel good. Mm. Is that what you mean? It, it's close. That you hit the word, the, the nail on the head with that. That's loyalty, right? That is a guy, and we do this. I do this in different ways. Um, I don't do it so much anymore now because I have my answer. But we mm. will create certain situations and circumstances to see and test the depth of loyalty because really, guys' priorities are different than women. Um, oh. Our priorities, we need you to be down, right? That's our priority. Mm. Those yeah. my boys. Go back, right. So um, they put that over other things. So we will create circumstances for that. But aff- affirmation um, may look something like this. Um, he gets a job, right? And mm-hmm. the job pays okay. He comes home and you've been working also as well. You're both tired. And he gets upset huffing and puffing and you're like what in the hell is going on here i didn't do anything and you go to him you know what what's the deal oh so you're just not gonna ask me how my day was mm. um 
you just go, you don't even, you don't even notice that my date was bad. That's an affirmation cue that would point towards something deeper in the psyche that needs to be addressed. So he's now, showing you, I need you to start tap dancing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and you don't see me. What do you mean? I don't see you do you doing exactly what you're supposed to do work provide. What did you, what do you want? Right. Um, now, now to be fair and clear, everybody loves acknowledgement. Hey baby, how was your day? Right. We're not talking right. about that before mm -hmm. people start talking about, no, I got a hand. I got a hand. I got a, no, we're not talking about that. We're talking about a consistent, uncomfortable atmosphere based on the need factor of a man that needs to be validated by his wife. You just, yeah. you don't want to see that consistently when that does. And it wears on women, you know, y'all know. Mm -hmm. um, it, it wears on you like, ah, in it your makes mind. us feel like we're not doing enough and we feel a little devalued. We feel mm -hmm. minimized mm -hmm. and we feel like we need to do more because by nature we are nurturers. We want to take care of our man. But if you have a man that's constantly, it's like he's spoon feeding you. He doesn't want to give you too much because then you'll see that he really doesn't have enough anyway. So he has to give you little bits at a time at a time and he has to take it away. Mm -hmm. And that is what keeps you wagging your tail like a puppy. And, and so I've seen some very intelligent women do it as well. Oh, for sure. There's no, nobody's exempt. Yeah. And, and when you begin to make, here's the thing, all, all of the things that we've talked about, that's good. But here's one thing that's going to be easier for you to identify and you've been there. And if you haven't been there, great. I'm so glad you have not been. When you start to feel like you are the mama instead of the wife, we got issues. Mm. The mama instead of the wife. And you know what? I'm going to, is it safe to throw when you feel like you got to be the paralegal also? Because mm. it's like, I see a lot of women coming in and they, these guys will be, oh my God, I'm getting abused in court. Oh, I can't see my kids. Oh, I'm paying too much child support. And women want to automatically put that cape on and become superwoman mm -hmm. and show this fella that she's going to go to bat for a kid that she didn't have the pleasure in making and has no rights to and privilege to, privileges to whatsoever. Mm -hmm. and, and has no authority over. None. None. Mm -hmm. No authority. But yep. then you literally have a 300 pound book about mm -hmm. this dude's case for sure. And he, sure. his hands are empty. His mind is, is empty. His mind is free and clear because you're doing the work. I, I, I don't agree with, you know, other people taking on, they become paralegals in their relationships. No, it's I just, heavy. no, I, I did a, I did a post about that. Just not just the other day. I really yeah. did. What did um, you say? I said that it is my job to consistently make sure that my wife does not feel obligated to take on any of my issues at all. And mm. when I say my issues, I mean mine, not issues that we have together or the marriage. Yeah. I'm talking about my own. Right. So it is my responsibility to make sure. Now, here's the thing. I will invite her in to help do the work. However, yeah. I will not obligate her and I will not make her feel guilty if she decides to say, yo, homie, that's you. I'm out deuces. So right. um, it, that, mm -hmm. that is her right. Um, yeah. And I think that's her space. But not only that, um, when you, women do that, um, not only because of the nurturing um, makeup, but they also do that because of what we talked about when it comes to enmeshment. Um, right. Sometimes the boundaries are, are lucid and they're changing. 
and the spouse finds themselves unconsciously taking on their partner's attitudes mm-hmm. and echoing them. And it is draining. It will make you look 90 years old if you're 30. Sure and will. That's oh, my God. Oh, that is so true. Mm-hmm. That is so true. You'll become engulfed. You'll end up fighting a war, becoming a soldier in a war that you have no stake in. And worse, you'll be a casualty. You are going to be a casualty because mm-hmm. you're throwing yourself at the front line. And that's, that's, what, that's the point of me and Tim coming together to talk today is we want you to step back from the front line mm-hmm. and take a long look at your situation and just say, what am I fighting for? Is this a cause that I really believe in or have I inherited someone else's stuff? Oh, that's good. And if you see that you have right now, I want you to lie down your sword about face and take your butt to the day spa and get a facial because I know you need one because you probably look stressed out. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's good. And you mentioned this in your book, by the way. Yes. You mentioned the fact that maybe you need to step out of yourself mm. and see as much as you can the other person's perspective. If you are in fact fighting a war that's not yours, let's just say that. Right. Um, because really, when you get down to it, if you all would both take off the scaffolding from around you that other people have helped to build, right? Right. You find out that there is so much commonality between the two of you. And it's not bad commonality. It's a right. good commonality. Yep. You don't I mean, have to what? have coffee and wine. You mm-hmm. just have to understand that, you know what, sis, uh. And even if the sister's you in the mirror, hello. Right. Ooh. Um, yeah. This, this battle that, that we're fighting, let's stop. Because our energy could be used in so many other ways to build us up. And really, ultimately, yeah. Naja, at the end of the day, when it's all said and done, the outward expression of what has happened between these two parties we started the conversation off with is a direct reflection of internal battles that if, both of them just stopped and dealt with what was going on internally. They wouldn't have time or the energy to ever go back to the battle again that neither one of them are going to win. Mm. And the people that are on the sidelines watching and cheering could give two rats butts about. They really don't. God. You know, that in a perfect world, like they would open their eyes and say, what the hell? Have I done with my last eight years? Mm-hmm. What, what, what am I doing here? I'm going to stop. You know, I, one of my favorite scenes, uh, one of my favorite movies is Forrest Gump. And for those of you that, seen, that have seen it, there's a scene when Tom Hanks, Forrest Gump, the, the, the guy that played Forrest Gump, you all know who that is. He was running and running and running. And he ran for years. He grew a beard. Like he got this legion <laughs> of followers. And then all of a sudden, and people were trying to talk to him. They're like, dude, why are you running? He became like this national phenomenon. And then one day, he stopped running. He stopped. He literally stopped running. And they were like, well, why'd you stop? And he's like, I don't want to do it anymore. Mm-hmm. And he was just able to, this legion of people that had followed him, they found something else to do. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I can't say that either one of these ladies would close down their pages right now. If, if that was a friend of mine, I'd say, close all this stuff down. Let's find a way for you to redirect your life into something more positive. Because this mm-hmm. war that you're waging, you're hurting yourself. Yeah, yeah. You're not hurting that other woman. She can't, you can't even touch her. You can't feel her. 
you're hurting yourself. You're going to give yourself heart disease and stress yourself out. And you're going to be anxiety ridden. I tell any woman that take yourself off the battlefield. Even if that other woman has waged war against you, protect yourself. No, don't get it twisted. I want you to protect yourself, but take yourself out of it. Don't let her and her dilemma and her shenanigans be your entire focus. Mm-hmm. You can silence these people. Yeah. Oh, Tim, every time we get together, we come up with like five more. Uh, that's a whole nother conversations. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what? When, we, when me and you get like, when we get some more time, we need to start a, another podcast called a whole nother conversation. And whole, we need to put all of our write it down. I there. love that. A whole nother conversation. You guys heard that, right? We, you, you heard it here first. Me and Tim are going to do that. We're at some point. We got to do it, Tim. That is that that's gold right there. Right. You just said a whole other conversation podcast. Oh, All right now. Yes. And it's going to be uh, another N-O-T-H-A. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm from the country and that's how we talk. <laughs> oh, that sounds good. All your listeners Woo! need to remind you about that one. Let's set yes. that up. That would be so hot. And the listeners can give us topics. Y'all heard that, right? Email yes. Naja and give her topics for a whole nother conversation podcast. Start that y'all, now. Y'all know how we do. We really, really started. Tim, tell everybody where they can find you. Yeah, you can find me at blendcredible.com. That is a word, right? Like incredible and blended family. Put them together. Bam. Blend incredible. And you can also <laughs> find me on IG at blendcredible. And um, that's what's up. You can find me there. Hit me up. Um, if you need anything, I'm glad to help. Yes, everybody. Tim Watson of Blend Credible. Please go follow him, check him out, like, comment, and subscribe to his podcast because it is, it is absolutely amazing. And not just because I've been on there twice. There's a lot of other good people on there, too. So we'll see you guys <laughs> next time. This is I Know I'm Crazy with Naja Hall. I know I'm crazy. I know I'm crazy. I know I'm doing crazy. I know I'm crazy. Now's your heart.